Welcome to Advent Sermons and Conversations. This is the conversation half. We'll be talking about what to do after the call. I'm Kevin. I'm Hepsi. And today's sermon is about... Well, actually, <laughs> I have to confess, I, I missed today's sermon. I didn't listen to it. I have a good reason. It was because... Uh, I'm also a uh, youth program coordinator here, uh, and I had a couple of youth from another church that went on a trip with us coming up to talk about that church, and I promised them all lunch. Nice. Um, Where'd you take them? After this event, to Subway. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a go-to. Um, but yeah, so I ended up not making it back in time, So, but I'm still scheduled to do the podcast, so <laughs> I'm here. So so if you wouldn't mind, Hepsi, can you would you just like catch me up, and then we'll... I'm sure we still will have plenty to talk about. Yeah, sure. Um, so today's gospel text is from Mark chapter 10, okay. verses 17 to 31. Um, and it's basically about the very popular and also um, overly criticized gospel text because it's about selling your possessions um, mm. in which a young man um, asked Jesus how he can gain eternal life. And Jesus says, uh, well, first you need to follow the commandments. And he says... I already did that. And Jesus is like, okay, cool. Um, what about this one? Uh, go sell your possessions and pick up your cross and follow me. And um, the young man is upset because he has a lot of wealth. And so he leaves sad. Um, but then Jesus has a conversation with his disciples um, about uh, the importance of giving up one's wealth um, and to remember that, you know, we are we by our own ways our own standards are not saved and god only saves us so it's mm. a pretty good very very dense <laughs> gospel text but pretty good for this week so wow and then um so what was pastor gary's sermon about that text what do you focus on um so basically just you know going through the scripture uh line by line um and saying the importance of that we should give up our wealth uh, in the sense that giving up our wealth allows us to have more of a meaningful life. Um, so mm. we're able to have more meaningful friendships and do things that we love that make a better impact on the community. Um, so it was a really good, much needed sermon, especially in this time. Hmm. So, Yeah, absolutely. I was just so... I just flew back from California yesterday because oh, um, yeah. I was out there for my cousin's wedding and it was a five and a half hour flight. So of course, and they had, but they had movies. So of oh, course nice. I was like watching movies most of the time. And I finally watched uh, Tom Cruise in, uh, what's it called? What's the movie where like everyone does the costume of him in like just the office shirt, Risky Business. Oh, duh, I, duh. I, I've not watched that movie. Okay. So. Neither did I. Okay. <laughs> but like, I saw so many references and other things of like, I'm Tom, like on Halloween stuff, like I'm Tom Cruise in Risky Business. And I was oh. like, what is this movie? Um, so I, so I finally watched it. It was very surprised. It was not what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was way, way more R-rated. <laughs> um, but, but there's, anyway, there's a part where the high school kids are like talking about what they want to do mm-hmm. and they're and like, I don't know. Yeah. What they're going to do after high school or pursue. And they're all talking about like what the wage is, okay. you know, how much you're going to make. Oh, and, wow. uh, and Tom Cruise is like, Oh, I don't care about that. And they're like, what do you care about? And he's like, can like benefiting my fellow mankind. And he says it kind of like sarcastically and they all like, are like, ah, you know, <laughs> um, anyway, 
it just makes me think of that off the bat mm, that okay. like I think growing up there's a preoccupation of like how much money are you going to make yeah a lot of people in New York pursue money as like a goal oh yeah yeah what do you think of that um well I think I think we live in a society where money is the means of getting by on a day-to-day basis um and so having that as a like a security kind of, it can go both ways. It can be a good thing, but then it can be, if you start to get obsessed with money, it starts to go bad, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like people start to focus on it. They lose sleep over it because they're like, oh, I have all this money in the bank. And so what happens if there's suddenly like a robbery at the bank or something? Yeah, or like if I have money money in stocks, like (laughs) the market turns, yeah. Right, and so I think... I think it becomes really unhealthy and I think we start to lose, um, as pastor Gary said, like we start to lose uh, meaning in life. We start to lose people that we love and care about. We start to lose our focus, our aim in life. Um, because now we become obsessed with one thing. So I think wealth can help. It can help a lot of people. It can help the poor. It can help people get the basic needs. But at the same time, if we start to obsess over it in unhealthy ways, it can, cause us to lose you know the beautiful things in life that we tend to miss that really give life the most meaning and joy yeah on the other hand when jesus says give away all your possessions Mm -hmm. to this man how does that make you feel like if if we're to presume that that's also what the text is saying to us Mm -hmm. how does that make you feel you know i think like the younger like college undergrad version of me would be like i can't um Mm. but i think like over the past year i started uh to i watched a documentary about minimalism and fell in love with the idea about having less stuff what Um, is minimalism so basically it's like you start to get rid of all the unnecessary things you have and you basically have like the most basic things so like having like five shirts or like three pants and and just lessening the number of stuff you have, um, because I yeah yeah what's the like what's the reason behind it? Um, overconsumption, and I mm. think that you know um, it helps the environment you know not to consume all this plastic, and because we end up buying all this plastic and all this stuff, and then we throw it away, so and then it consumption gets, leads to overproduction. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and so ruining our environment, and so I think that's one kind of a good thing and also another is yeah i think we become one of the um um i forgot his name but the main character said that he wasn't able to spend time with the people that he loved because he was obsessed about you know getting more money and then at the same time he felt like this deep hole that he had that he couldn't fill by buying all these things um and he realized only after giving it away he was able to have more meaningful friendships and a better Mm -hmm. life so when I saw that documentary, I was like, wow, this is what I want to do. Um, and that night, literally, I, I went through all my stuff and just started packing away things that I knew I didn't need. So I think now, I think it's a good thing. I think, like, the Amish have it pretty much down <laughs> of following that text. And I think it's something that we really need to consider. So, But it's hard, and especially in the 21st century. I find it really hard. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I wouldn't consider myself wealthy, although obviously that's a relative term. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are people in other parts of the world that would consider me very wealthy. Oh, yeah. And, you know, being 
objectively probably a middle class person. Like I do have a lot of resources and privileges in terms of material things. But be, being a person is into like media production and photography and music. I like gear. Like yeah. I like <laughs> things. It's like my musical instruments and my camera and my recording gear and microphones. Like I like I really like stuff mm. and and um yeah like I yeah I have to admit it I don't like how like pretty it is and I like how like I don't know and so this is this is a a challenging yeah one for me because I I think in my imagination I can like kind of fantasize about like the freedom of kind of being not having being bound to any things being bound to owning any things right um but at the same time i have so many things that are not necessary for survival but that i really like and would have a hard time letting go of if i were actually prompted to right yeah (laughs) it would be it would be tough yeah i understand i mean it's it's not easy i think with my parents if i were to ask them that i think it would be really hard I would mm. be like, if you can give up, you know, um, all this stuff, give up all your possessions and just, um, would you be able to? And I don't think my parents would be able to. Um, but it's interesting because actually some religions actually talk about it. Like Hinduism also talks about um, once you reach a certain stage, like so if you're a Brahmin and you mm. reach another like four different stages, so it's like, a young man, educated man, and then a married man. And then like at certain point you have to leave your family and your house and yeah. live in the woods. So it's like, it seems to be like a common theme throughout a lot of religions, which is kind of interesting. Huh. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think there is a lot of value. Um, I was reading about this one family that I don't think they have like, like a permanent residence and they just travel around the world and, see amazing things yeah and i was just like this is something i would want to do and they have young kids like they have like literally toddlers and babies and yeah a challenging period of life yeah and i think i think you get a lot of you take a lot away from that rather than just having like a typical and i'm not saying that's wrong like having a home and i think it's a wonderful thing to you know have something to go back to at the end of the night but i think it's I think there's just so much this world has to offer. I think it's kind of cool to just go explore it. So, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I wish I did more. What would yeah. you do? Like, what would you be interested in doing? I mean, I would, lo- I would love to to travel more. But then the the challenge that I come back to is I actually have some vacation time that I could use, but I don't know what to do with it because I don't have money <laughs> to spend on traveling. So, like. I feel like it circles back and I'm sh- I know like I'm sure for example if you got rid of all your possessions mm-hmm. I don't think that when Jesus says that he sends to he <laughs> intends to put them on eBay and sell them <laughs> um, but like it in practical terms if you did you might yeah did that you might have some money to travel or see family or yet you know mm-hmm. yada, yada. but yeah like I, I travel costs money at the end of the day yeah and I, to me that's the most challenging that that kind of gray area of this this verse is Jesus is saying, get rid of all your things and follow me. Mm-hmm. But we still live in a, in a world that primarily operates around, you know, the free market economic, economic system where money is used to go places or get things done. And, mm-hmm. and so 
how how do we respond to that call in that kind of world? Oh yeah, I think that's that's a brilliant question. I don't think I have the right answer for it, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think uh, I think when Christ says, you know, go sell your possessions and follow me, I think he's trying to prepare us for you know entering God's kingdom because we're not going to take all our possessions with us, mm. you know, when we die yeah. and go, you know, hopefully to heaven. <laughs> that's a hope. <laughs> Yeah. And so I think I think he's telling us like this this is something that we have to face at some point in our lives. And I think like for us I think one of the the things that we can do, right, in a world in which maybe selling our possessions would be difficult is giving more, I think. Um yeah. giving more in different ways. Um I know Advent is doing a great job of that with their food pantry ministry. And it's just been a real blessing to like see how much they go up and beyond for, you know, to help people within this neighborhood who are not able to get the basic needs. And I think that's something we can do is to, you know, we talk about helping the needy and helping the poor. Um, but do we really live it? Do we, are we okay with seeing a homeless person walk through Advent? Um, are we able to engage with them? Um, and I think that's something that we need to reflect on is it's not just being in our safe, you know, ground within the church, but literally going out to unknown places, to places that we might not know if they're safe and reaching out to those that need help the most. So I think that's what Christ wants us to do. It was always about relationships for him. And you see that, like the his relationship with the Torah, it was not about like following strict guidelines about the Sabbath and what you eat, but more so about um, how you treat one another. Mm, so. Yeah. So that's what the following yeah. part looks like. Right. Yeah. Maybe it just means sometimes to do that, you have to go out of that comfort zone of being surrounded by your own things and yeah. your own space. Yeah. You have to go new places. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and encounter new people. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm pondering. <laughs> pondering. That was really well said. I think, I think what's really appealing about this gospel text is it's such a challenge. Like you said, yeah. you pointed it out. I, like, I actually asked this question to one of my friends who you know does have like a lot of wealth they have a huge house and they have all this stuff and mm -hmm. we were just arguing about theology as usual and they were uh i said to them you know if you're going to follow the bible literally uh you have to follow everything in the bible literally and not just selected text mm -hmm. um and so and this is the one question i asked i was like you have a lot of wealth and Jesus says, literally, <laughs> directly as a command, he, the like, um, you know, go sell your possessions and follow me in order to have eternal life. And it's something, what do you think of that? And he's like, oh, well, it's the figurative sense. I look at it. And I think that's how we sometimes look at that passage as we look at it. Yeah. Very much like, well, it's within that context then I think we should look at everything in the Bible within that context, like women preaching and homosexuality. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good point. And it's something that a professor pointed out when he was talking about um, the Radical Reformation, which was about the Amish, uh, the emergence of the Amish and 
that was a pretty interesting thing that he pointed it out that the one text that Jesus was very direct about how we can gain eternal life and we decide to take it very figuratively. <laughs> so interesting. Is yeah. that the one text where I think, Jesus I think that's one of the direct about that. Question? I think, yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, how else I'm sure like I'm taking, I'm in the process of taking Greek. We haven't really translated yeah. the Bible yet, but I'm sure it would have, the way that it was written probably in Koine Greek would have been like, it would have been a command. So I think that, you know, if Christ commands us and, you know, why not follow it? Yeah. So, but it's hard. Like you said, it's the challenge. It's the challenge of untaching ourselves to all these things that we have gear, my shiny <laughs> musical, gear, my musical instruments and, and photography gear, which I can understand. I want a camera. I'm trying to mm-hmm. save up for one. Mm-hmm. Nice. But at the same time, I'm like, I have like all these other cameras. Do I need another one <laughs> to my collection? So Yeah. I definitely do question certain things that I, it feels like I've been programmed to think that I need. Yeah. I'm like, wait, do I really need that though? Do I really, you know, and I, a lot of times I find that I don't. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. Yeah. We live in a society where we are consumers is the role that we have and i feel like our brains really are wired Mm -hmm. and such you know through through advertising or you know what have you yeah yeah i I think we end up believing we need certain things and it's keeping up with the joneses and you know having our space look nice for our friends Mm -hmm. and all these kind of expectations that we feel a need to keep up with right um that i think lead to that certainty that we need certain things that maybe we don't really mm-hmm. when we could do fine with a lot less yeah yeah i have i i have been trying to keep that in check yeah but i don't know is that just like <laughs> a soft response to this gospel to make me feel better <laughs> i think a, i think the gospel has never been my, my guilt yeah, yeah i think the gospel has never meant to be just something you just you know like, like take pick and choose I think the gospel was always meant to hit you hard (laughs) Um, and be like, wow, I think that's what Christ has always been about um, is that, you know, it's always been about the things that we least expected it. Yeah. um, Going out of the way. Always full of surprises. Always full of surprises. That's what the parables are for. (laughs) Full of surprises. But I think it's, I think it's something that like the gospel has always been about um Mm -hmm. and christ knows like it's it's interesting that christ knew that the world would not accept the way christians Mm. should live and so he always said from the beginning and even in this text like when he talked to the disciples he's like you will be blessed a hundredfold you know in different and he names the different ways and brothers and sisters but also even persecution. So he knew that, Mm. you know, the church would be a persecuted church. And it always has been, if you look at the history, it always has been a persecuted church. So, yeah, so I think Christians were never meant to fit into the crowd. They were always meant to be different, but in a good sense of different, not something that just negatively draws it attention but something that when people see the way we are and how we act they would be like i want to be like that i want to love our neighbor my neighbor i want to do something good you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so 
Christianity is countercultural. Yeah. Or has been. Always been. Is it meant to be? <laughs> That's something, a question I, I wonder. Maybe neither of us are fit to answer that. I, I, you know, I always, I think so. I think it was always meant to be countercultural. And, you know, like you, a lot of people might say no, and, and that's fine. I value their opinion. But I, from what I've seen, and if you just read the Gospels over and over again, yeah, Jesus was always... It, it seems very countercultural. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and yet then, how do you explain, like, the Roman Empire adopting Christianity and the growth of, mm. like, the Roman Catholic Church? Yeah. Well, you also have to understand, you know, at one point, like, even, you know, when, like, our Jewish brothers and sisters, you know, were leaders, right? They had their kingdom. They had Jerusalem. King David was a very popular king, and Judaism was very popular. So I think it's just, you know, something that over time, a lot of societies has seen how beneficial um, not beneficial, when I say beneficial, more sense and like how important it is because Christianity mm. kind of sets this idea of hospitality, um, which mm. is important. And I think that's very apparent. Like when you look in church history, there are some negative things like World War II, but <laughs> um, in which the church you know, participated in that in the Germany. Crusades. Yeah, and the Crusades. Well, there were, there, were, there were factions of the church. Right, right. Right. We're actually doing a, um, a Christian education series on right. Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Yeah. Plug. Um, <laughs> about the confessing church and mm-hmm. the, the Christian movement of countercultural resistance during the Nazi regime. Right. Um, pastors and churches that were, were standing up mm-hmm. to that regime as opposed to supporting it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there are also factions of the church that oh, yeah. there are along with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I took a class in okay. at Princeton, uh, the German church struggle in my first year. Wow. And yeah, at seminary. And um, yeah, that was very surprising. It was very sad to see um, yeah. the involvement of some of the churches. But it was also nice to see the communities, certain communities that were helping, um, that yeah. were going against this. And I think, I think that's what it's all about. I think like... Everything, I mean, like, if you look at our culture now, it's very self-absorbed. Um, it's very Absolutely. much about, like, always being in the now, always having the latest trends in whatever way. And um, and I, even with people, I feel like sometimes when they fight for certain things, it's because in, in a process, they're gaining some right. Um, they're gaining some way to have certain rights. For themselves. Uh, for themselves. To but I think yeah. what Christ says is no, like that's not the point of it. You're not supposed to expect any benefit. It's purely for someone else's benefit. Hmm. Um, and that's something that's going to be hard for us to swallow because we are about reward mm-hmm. <laughs> and gain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of sacrifice, right, seems like a weird thing. But that's what love is about. And Christ has shown us the greatest love of all when he died on the cross and forgave us. So, I have one last question. Sure. That was wonderful, by the way. Um, okay. <laughs> this, is a tricky, this is a tricky one. Okay. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> first, I, first, I feel like it may, it may be important to make a distinction. I don't know if I'm just mincing words, but mm-hmm. uh, between property and money. Yeah, because hey, uh, they are different things, and our possessions and money, 
money could be considered a possession, but not necessarily. Right. And maybe in this verse, Jesus is talking about possessions, mm-hmm. not money, but he's also saying that it's easier for a camel to go through that needle than the wealthy. So there is an aspect of money there. But anyway, I just feel like it's important to hold those two definitions yeah, terms separately. Like, yeah. That being said, we've talked a lot about how this verse applies to the individual. Yeah. And I wonder how it applies or calls out the church mm. as, as an organization. Like I look at, at times in history, like say, cl- you know, classic, classic one for us Lutherans is when uh, Martin Luther was calling out the Catholic church for selling indulgences mm. to amass money to build St. Peter's Basilica. Yeah. Big, beautiful object. Right. <laughs> and a space for worship. And, mm-hmm. But... And then from that to now where, you know, we at Advent Lutheran Church, you know, have solicit donations or or ask for donations in order to operate, but also to buy podcasting gear (laughs) that we're talking on now and to um, maintain a building and and a space and Mm -hmm. um, have a copy machine and, you know, like (laughs) all these things. Um, that in some ways do make ministry possible, but is this maybe, is this first maybe, I don't know, saying something about uh, just how do we reconcile that? The need for right. things to do ministry or the versus like the way that Jesus is calling us to, to do ministry. Yeah. In I, verse. Think, I think that's a great question. I think it's, it all depends about one's intentionality, right? I mean, Martin yeah. Luther called out the Catholic church because he knew their intentions were wrong. Mm. And, you know, as we seen in history, yeah, some of the money was, you know, going to a large majority of the money was going to build this basilica, but a large, a large, a good amount of money was also going into these, you know, uh, bishops, popes, uh, pockets, um, in which they would use it in the wrong, in the wrong ways, right? They would use it for prostitution. They would use it in other means. And so it's all about intentionality, right? For Martin Luther, it angered him that these poor people were giving money so that they thought they were being saved only to realize that that money was being spent in a wrong way with wrong intentions, with wrong yeah. means. And so I think that's what we need to like consider when we do ministry. What are our intentions? When we, you know, you know, purchase all this gear, what are what are we trying to do at the end of the day? And I think that, you know, having a coffee machine helps us to have a bulletin um, every Sunday in which we use that as a way to preach the gospel. And invite people to know about Advent. And um, having this like podcast gear (laughs) helps us to, you know, like speak about the gospel to everyone that's listening, right? Um, And so we have good intentions when we do all these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when we have the wrong intentions, that's when we need to like stop and think about is this what, what we're trying to buy, what we're trying to have, is this necessary? Yeah. So... Yeah. So, so in other words, or just, this is what that, this is what, what you said made me think of. Yeah. It's, it's like as, as church, Mm -hmm. we're, we're a community people of people giving of what we have. Right. Right. Giving of our, 
possessions or wealth or time even mm-hmm. in in order to to follow Jesus and to build faith and to serve the community and to become Christ-like yeah. and love our neighbor. So we use money as a tool to accomplish that, but that we we just need to be very intentional mm-hmm. when we get things or or use our funds with our budget intentional that's the direction that all of our right things are aimed at right so it's not about the thing it's about following jesus it's about what we can do with it yeah yeah so like this podcast is meant to be a a faith formation tool it's meant to engage the community to think and reflect more deeply Mm -hmm. on what we do in worship on the gospel on the sermon and also to build more conversation around it between people whether it's in this room or Mm -hmm. after hearing the podcast yeah it's also meant to be an outreach tool right if someone finds it so it's really about that yeah and that being said like (laughs) you may not know this hepsi or listener but a lot of this gear is cobbled together from like Mm -hmm. stuff that so-and-so had and was willing to lend to us for a while and yada yada so it's like you know, many churches have this history yeah. um, of doing things like this, but we kind of, we find affordable, feasible ways of getting the things we need mm-hmm. s- to accomplish that aim. Right. Because that's what it's really about. It's oh, not yeah. about having the fanciest gear. No, it's not. And it's I think I think you look at a lot of the, the texts throughout the Bible in which Jesus talks about intentionality, right? You have like the famous, the poor widow versus the very rich man. And they both give, you know, they're offering at you know, mm-hmm. diff- the same time. And yeah. the wealthy man gives so much money and, and the widow gives all that she has. And two pennies, right? two pennies, yeah. right? Two coins. And that's always been my favorite story because Jesus says she gave all that she had. Right. And so, mm-hmm. and because she wanted to give all that she had, the guy, the rich guy gave because that was his tithe. He only gave 10% of, you know, what his income was. But yeah. the poor woman gave all that she had because she wanted to. Whereas the rich man gave because he had to. And so there's a difference, right? There's mm. a difference in that it's it's how you do things. It's how you, do you have the desire, the good desire to do something mm. good? Or are you doing things? Are you doing charity so that you can you know, get some kind of name or, you know, some kind of attention Look in good. a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's Community like service hour. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's a, it's about intentionality. It's always been about your intentions. Um, and I think, I think sometimes we fail to see that. Yeah. Cause we feel like it's always about following rules, following laws. But I think there are a lot of people out there that want to do it because they want that do things because they want to do it um, out of the kindness of their heart. So awesome. Yeah. That's a fantastic answer. <laughs> You're very wise. Uh, <laughs> only Thank because you. of Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, amen. Yeah. So here, here on the podcast, we always end, end with the same question, mm-hmm. which is what will you do differently oh. this week? How, how is this particular Sunday's gospel and word? changed you or, or shifted mm-hmm. yeah just focus your perspective in a way that you'll carry into the week yeah i think like pastor gary's uh, one thing that he said was you know trying to have m- like live out more meaningful experiences and having those meaningful experiences um 
as a seminary student, I don't know if you know, um, it's kind of hard to like have that kind of experiences really? because yeah, because you're stuck in a you know in a classroom or in a dining hall <laughs> or you know in yeah. your in your dorm room because you're trying to study hours and hours of reading and and stuff for class yeah. that you're preparing and then you go to a church to do your field internship or you go to another you know com- you know community organizational activity so your schedule feels very packed yeah and so like it just allows you to create room for those experiences that allow you to reach out to people in which you've never talked to um like other students in my like in the university or the seminary that I don't really spend time with and get to know them and their struggles Mm. um, as students on campus. Um, Whether it's like, um, you know, people from different genders or different um, backgrounds. Um, I think, I think we're so fixed upon our, our certain little cliques that Mm -hmm. it's so hard for us to just try to get to know people. So I think for me, what I took away is not like focus on school because I do want to do well, but also create more time to be with people, right? Because that's what I'm preparing myself to do, whether in academia or in the ministry, it's you're yeah. always interacting with people. So yeah, learning the skills to do that, but also the, the only best way to do that is through experience <laughs> and not a book. So yeah. What about you, Kevin? <laughs> I think... <laughs> That I will do nothing. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Um, I think that's a terrible response, but a very realistic one. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, I've been, I've been doing the, I've been doing, I've been on the podcast many times now because mm-hmm. um, Deanne and I are um, kind of organizing, coordinating the project, mm-hmm. and so. We tend to, one of us tends to be on most Sundays. And so I've answered this question many times and I have to contend with the fact that I've said that I'm going to do things that I don't follow through with. <gasps> Gasp. <laughs> right? So it's so painful. <laughs> shocking the listeners. <laughs> um, and, and so actually I'm at, I'm at a place where I, I struggle with this question, but at like, it's, I'm still glad that we answer it because now I'm kind of, uh, challenging myself to be like, okay, why, mm-hmm. you know, why I think this conversation and this is a great way for me and anyone who's on the podcast, you, you can agree or disagree <laughs> of, of deepening our, our response to the sermon. Oh Yeah. But it needs to go beyond conversation, I, I believe. Oh, yeah. But for me, I, I, I'm getting stuck at action, or at least the, the actions that we talk about right. at, at this question. Well, I think it all comes down to what motivates you, right? Like, yeah. um, I think for me, what I try to do at the end of the week is um, in my planner is I have a little space that I keep on like, mm. I have a moleskin a Moleskine, whatever. How do you ever, (laughs) however you pronounce it. Yeah. And so, like, I have a nice planner. Yes. Thanks be to God. Um, And on the right side, there's a like a blank line page, and so I fill it up with like, you know, habit tracker and stuff. But at the end, always I keep a weekly reflection. 
um, nice. in which I like write down not just like what I didn't accomplish like or did, but also like some things that just stood out to me. Um, and I think journaling helps. I think journaling helps a lot. Um, so I think maybe you should take that out. <laughs> be like, Journal. Kevin, I like be like this week. I want to write. I want to like, you know, I want to give away one thing that I really love. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just that challenge. Give away one thing I really love. That would be, that would be a challenge for me. Really? Wow. Yeah, it, would. it would. It really would. <laughs> Kevin, what would Jesus do? I know. Probably tell me to get rid of actually, it. Actually, the better question is, what is Jesus doing? And Jesus would say, I am, I don't have anything, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm saying. get back to you on that. <laughs> Let me know how it goes, and then I can. But I can talk to you. I can be your conscience and be like, Kevin, you don't need this. <laughs> yeah. So I think in, yes, this my, I'm going to journal and think about what, yeah. What is, what is keeping me mm-hmm. from actually following through and yeah. responding to, to the word in the way that I, I think about responding to it. You know, right at the and, end of the podcast, What's, and I think uh, knowing when that started, that habit started happening, right? Like when did that habit? Yeah, wh- when did that became a thing? I feel like is always like a good starting point because when you see the circumstance, the context of why we develop certain habits or mm-hmm. certain lifestyles, I think that helps us to like backtrack and then also go forward in a way. It's weird. It's like a paradox. Yeah. Backtracking in order Backtracking to go forward. In order to go forward. So <laughs> yeah. Identifying. Another thing I'm trying to do um, actually is um, time tracking. Nice. Okay. Which is hard. It's I've hard. Tried a few times, so I've. But it's also like anxiety for me. I've tried that, and I just feel like just ramp up your anxiety. <laughs> yeah, like because I just feel like I would have like three hours of relaxing time, and I would like look at my time tracker, and I was like, I spent three hours. On like <laughs> on this thing. On relaxing. What is wrong with me? <laughs> relaxing is important though. Yeah, but three Rest hours. <laughs> that's biblical. I sleep for eight hours. That's good enough. That's no, relaxing. It's not. <laughs> you gotta relax your consciousness, your awake mind too. Um yeah, and I, you know, I'm a very anxious person in general, so mm-hmm. I I'll watch out for that. But yeah, but I think I it may help me to be more because my experience of life tends to be like I'm always moving. I'm always working on towards something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very, very fixated on my work here at Advent, and I care a lot about it. Yeah. Um, that's both, you know, I think part of me trying to live out my love for people and mm-hmm. that in that call, but um, can also be become about my own perfectionism or my own creativity or you know can become about other things and when not that it's often I'm fixated on my music or other creative outlets mm-hmm. endeavors but the so those are two things but I imagine there's a lot of other random things that fill up my time yeah. that so I have this experience of like oh there's never enough time or like I'd never have enough time to get things done mm-hmm. but then I can look back at things like why'd you spend three hours doing that though you yeah know, like, <laughs> and I and so I think contending with some of that mm-hmm. more objectively, 
um, will help get rid of like, where did the time go and help mm-hmm. me to kind of face head on? Like, this is where it went. Right. And okay, now maybe I can change those habits and find time to, uh, write like 10 thank you letters to strangers. Like I said, I was going to do one week. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like stuff like that. I really want to do it. Yeah. Why haven't I? Well, well, I'll, I'll tell you something good. You did actually have a good start today. You did take two people to lunch. You treated them to lunch. I did. So. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Anything to ease your mind, Thanks Kevin. To save me. Yeah, you saved me from <laughs> sounding like a terrible person. No, no. no we're I all mean, good. You're good. You're it's good okay. Person. I don't yeah. need to sound like a great person to anyone. It's more like I, I want to figure this out. You know? Yeah, and I, yeah. And I really do, I think, for everyone who participates in the podcast or listens, I think I mean, a worthy end goal is that we're all changing and growing and taking action yeah from the word so yep amen we're all on the journey together yes thank you for listening you can find us online at adventnyc.org if you're ever in the city uh come join us for a worship service and hear our sermon in person uh at 9 a.m and 11 a.m in english and 12 45 p.m in spanish we're at 93rd and broadway in manhattan thanks for listening again and we'll see you next week Bye.